Hello, I'm Leanne Townsend, a family law lawyer and partner at Brody Thorning LLP. Welcome to Divorcing Well. Today's episode, we discuss a super important topic, and it's one that you know I personally even struggled with through my own divorce and beyond, and it's something that I see as being a problem for a lot of clients, and that is setting boundaries. And it can be boundaries with your ex. I mean, I know that was a problem I had and a problem a lot of people had, but even just boundaries with your children, boundaries with new partners, boundaries with your family members who want to put their two cents into everything about your divorce in your life. So boundaries on all of those things. And I'm really excited um, about today's guest, uh, whose name is Wendy Sterling. And Wendy and I connected on Instagram a while back, and she put on this fabulous divorce summit, which some of you may have uh, participated in. Um, And it was just a great wealth of information, tons of experts sharing their expertise. And uh, it certainly, if she does it again, I would definitely recommend that people um, register for it. Uh, and just by way of background, Wendy's a divorce recovery specialist and a certified theta healing practitioner. She's a podcaster, writer, author, speaker, and she founded the Divorce Rehab. Uh, Wendy helps divorced women recover from their divorce by finding their true identity and voice by ending their pity party, which is something a lot of us go through mourning the loss of their marriage to create a new, better life that they designed. Prior to becoming a certified life coach, Wendy established her 18-year career as a top-level advertising sales executive in the digital space at the world's most progressive social and lifestyle website brands. After learning of her own unexpected divorce and finding the world of coaching, she realized she could combine her 20 years of experience in corporate America as a leader with this new coaching methodology and make a profound impact in the world. She helps women see their divorce as a gift. It happens for them, not to them. And Wendy's also a graduate of UCLA and a professional co-active coach uh, from the Coactive Training Institute. She's also an associate certified coach through the International Coach Federation, which is very important because there's so many people out there without credentials to our coaching and Wendy's very well credentialed as you can hear. She just launched her own podcast, The Divorce Women's Guide, and is a guest blogger on Hello Divorce as well as a contributing writer for Divorce Girls Smiling. So welcome to the podcast, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an <clears throat> excuse me, it's such an honor to be here. Oh, and I'm so uh, grateful to have you on and uh, I'm envious because you're in California. Um, yeah. <laughs> although I don't know if I'm envious right now with everything yeah. going on down there. Maybe I'm in the better spot here in Toronto, but normally I would be envious. Yeah, I was going to say things are pretty shut down out here. So, <laughs> <laughs> but at least your weather is always is better than ours generally. Yeah, although I have to be honest with you, it is like 105 and muggy and gross here for some reason today, and oh, it's gosh. not normal. So yeah. I feel like we have similar weather right now. <laughs> yeah, ours is probably a little. Ours is probably nicer because it's. I think it's like in the 80s today or something like Ugh, that. So it's so kind jealous. of like a nice temperature. Um, now, as I mentioned, we're, we're going to be chatting about boundaries. And I know that that's something that you have a lot of expertise in. And um, I've found that it is a common you know, problem. Uh, it was something I struggled with. And it's certainly something I see my clients struggling with, um, particularly women. So why is it that so many women seem to struggle with boundaries? 
Yeah, I mean, this is a great question. And I think that it's something that uh, all of us get to work on across every relationship. And it's not that one relationship you treat differently. Obviously, the boundaries are just going to look a little bit different. Um, and first and foremost, I really like helping to define what boundaries are, um, because I feel like there's some uh, there's a lot of hesitation, right, around that word. But ultimately, what boundaries are intended to be are guidelines, right, that are intended to be flexible. But you create them and identify them uh, for yourself and for others who interact with you. And the way that I describe a boundary is it establishes where you end and somebody else begins. And so the, the key piece to understanding boundaries and why they're so difficult to create for yourself is we think that it is putting up a wall against everybody in our life and it's keeping people out. And what it's actually intended to do is to better your relationships because they protect you um, and allow you to always show up as your best self instead of always being bitter and angry. And the boundaries, you know, are meant to identify what it is that works for you, what doesn't work for you, what you will accept, what you don't accept. And ultimately, they are meant to create self-respect and self-love. And the reason that people struggle so much with this is because they they bring emotion into it. They think that it's going to hurt their children. They're afraid to have an even worse relationship with somebody. Um, or perhaps they still live in la-la land thinking that their ex or maybe even a family member, you want them so badly to have changed and you keep acting as though they have, even though they haven't. Um, and yet at the same time, none of that is working for you. And so the way that I have, uh, you know, the way that I explain to my clients as to what the, the key reasons as to why boundaries are so difficult for people to enforce are, are two things. It's fear and guilt. And the fear is broken down, I believe, into three different areas. It's fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, and then most ultimately fear of confrontation. And so when those are, are the foundation of why you're not setting them, right? And especially in divorce, I mean, you're living in constant fear and guilt. So yeah. enforcing a boundary is the last thing that you want to do. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I mean, so many of us out there too, are we're people pleasers. And, yeah. um, you know, I sometimes find people struggle with feeling like they're being, you know, like a bitch or something if right. they you know, say no, or they have a firm boundary. And, and, um, you know, that's definitely not true. Um, mm -hmm. And something I think, you know, as I say, I know I struggled with that. And I, I think people, you know, do particularly women, they don't want to seem like they're being, you know, bitchy or whatever. Right. Um, but and it, it's, it's so important. And you touched on one of the things too, that I, I think it's important for people to understand is, the issue of resentment, because it does seem that when you don't have boundaries and you let, you know, people kind of run roughshod over you, the, the, the side effect of, of that is that you end 
end up having resentment, which manifests itself in, you know, in many ways and is never a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that the reason why there's so much resentment is, is really ultimately because people don't necessarily understand that boundaries can be set that are actually healthy. So, you know, one example that I always give, and, you know, and this is from my own personal experience, and this may resonate with some people, but I felt a very energetic connection with my ex-husband. And I could feel him energetically every time he came and dropped off the kids, he would pull into the driveway, drop the kids off. And I just, I just got this like, oh, just get off of, just get away, go, leave. And I realized that I was getting, you know, almost triggered every time that he would drop the kids off and pull into the driveway. And, you know, I, I imagine boundaries is kind of like, a no trespassing sign on your property, right? So you get to decide who gets to come in and who doesn't. And what I realized was that there was a boundary that was being crossed for me. And that was feeling like he was coming into my energetic space by driving into my driveway. And while that may sound kind of silly to some people listening, you know, this could even be as, you know, as far as your ex coming to the front door, right? To pick up your kids. Like it's, it's a matter of understanding your bodily reaction to, to something that another person is doing to you and paying attention to it. And so the boundary that I ended up setting with him was around like, you know, if you would please just drive along the curb and drop the kids off. You don't need to pull into the driveway. I would prefer that you not pull into the driveway. It doesn't make me comfortable. And so, you know, I could have gone at, you know, I could have approached that situation, you know, being resentful towards him or, you know, being afraid of him being resentful of me. And at the end of the day, what mattered more was my own feelings and my healing. And that is what people, and I hope people listening are hearing, which is that boundaries are a way that you get to take care of yourself. Because if you don't, you're giving yourself away. And so many of us in divorce are, you know, we've sacrificed so much for our partners or we've lost ourselves because we let the other person take over. And boundaries are a way for you to really establish your values, what's important to you. And I also believe that boundaries make others aware of what it is that they do and how it impacts you. Right. Even think about how you impact other people or if people have created boundaries with you. So boundaries are actually fostering the type of behavior that you want to engage in and less of what you don't. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And, you know, people can't read minds. So if you, you know, have a boundary that you want respect it, you can't just assume that somebody knows or understands that you need to you know, make it clear, communicate it. Um, now, often in many marriages, you know, there's one partner uh, who has not, you know, respected the boundaries of the other, but, you know, particularly in abusive marriages, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's physical or emotional, mental. Um, and so I know, a, you know, a lot of people will say, well, if I tell him, you know, he can't do that. If I tell him he can't pull in the driveway, mm-hmm. he's not going to listen to me. And so, how does somebody who's come out, come out of a relationship where their boundaries were never being respected and perhaps they didn't have boundaries. I mean, it might be mm-hmm. that, you know, their own, they have to take some ownership that maybe they just didn't really even have any boundaries. 
Um, so how does someone in that situation actually establish boundaries with someone that re- they really didn't have them with before? Yeah. So, you know, essentially what that is, is, I mean, you either had none or they were really weak and the other person knew that they could, you know, step all over them. So the, the first thing that I, that I always recommend to my clients is first to really, you know, and this is part of the work that I do with them too, is really realizing that, that they get to step into their power. Um, you know, they haven't done that before and yes, it can be scary. And at the same time, this is kind of that clean slate where you get to reestablish a new relationship. You're not their wife. You're not their husband, right? You're not each other's spouse anymore. And the rules are completely different. And so the way that I always recommend is, you know, boundaries are typically best communicated as like simple, less is more, right? Very direct language. And when you set them, a lot of times we do the defending them, debating them, explaining ourselves, right? You don't need to do that anymore. So it's really a matter of just being firm with, you know, firm and gracious, but direct. And this also comes into play with your kids. And I use this a lot with my kids, actually, because, you know, especially in COVID, I work from home now and on my custody days, they are here. They've been home over the summer. Thank goodness school starts, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, for, for each of them, either this week or next. And so what I've had to explain to my boys and, and to create boundaries, right? COVID means new rules, just like divorce and explaining to them when my door is closed, do not knock unless 911 or there's a fire, right? If my door is open, just knock and ask if you can come in. So it's, it's a matter of, you know, it's, it's about, being really clear. And then if a boundary is crossed, like for example, if, you know, if my, I'll use, you know, an ex example, you know, for example, with my ex-husband, there was a time where we were communicating over text and phone and email. And the way that I set my boundary in a way that he wasn't accustomed to was, I explained to him and I phrased it this way. I said, I would prefer that we email each other unless it's an emergency. And that's when we text because I feel like we're not having the most productive conversations over text. Text is hard to read. Text is hard to extrapolate emotion. And because we're both charged, it's not coming across, right? So backing up your boundary and staying strong in your why, but not having to defend it. Um, because if you give in or you like give them an inch, they're going to take a mile because that's what they're used to doing. And they're also not used to seeing you standing in your power. So as long as you're coming at it from a place of confidence, then it's usually met as long as you're not being rude or bitchy about it, right. Or, you know, being mean about it. Typically, it, it allows for better communication to happen between the two of you. And sometimes I even will like, you know, like you heard me give the example, I, I will paint it in a light for him because he, he is a narcissist. And so a lot of times too, like I paint it in the perspective of here's the benefit to you by me establishing this for you, right? So it's not a matter of defending. It's a matter of essentially just stating what it is and why. 
That makes sense. Yeah. Now, when you're coming, when you're dealing with someone who's been abusive, is it possible to have firm boundaries? So I think it depends on the extent, right? I think that, um, you know, it, it depends how you define abuse, right? There are a lot of clients that I work with who have been victims of, you know, verbal abuse, right? And there's a lot of different ways that you can establish boundaries along those lines. Like, for example, you know, I'm, I, you may not yell at me. And when you are ready to have a conversation calmly, I'm more than happy to listen, right? There's ways that you can still attempt it. Obviously, if there is physical abuse, that's a whole other story. But if there's been verbal, a lot of times what I try to explain to my clients is really just standing in their power of, I won't be spoken to like this. I'm happy to talk to you when you calm down. I'm not able to listen to you when you use this tone. I can't hear what it is that you're trying to say. It's hard for me to make space for you right now. Um, And so, you know, it's, I think that when you're high, they come in high, right? And when you come in low, it brings them down. Right. That makes sense. So, Um, you know, children also test boundaries uh, and particularly in, you know, the divorce context where, They've been known to play their parents off against each other and things like that. So what advice do you have for parents in that type of situation? Yeah, I mean, and listen, I, you know, my kids used to do this and sometimes they still do. Um, You know, the biggest piece of advice and, and what I, what I, I mean, I practice exactly what I preach, which is that, um, you know, the boundaries in my house are my house and the boundaries in their dad's house are their dad's boundaries. Uh, During COVID, you know, his dad and I have uh, some different rules because of our different circumstances. He's remarried with a baby. I am here single. Um, So, you know, his dad has a whole other set of boundaries as it relates to the rules of the house. And, you know, my kids have multiple times attempted to call me and to try to get me to call their dad and get him to change his mind. And, you know, it's so easy, especially for us moms, because all we want to do is make our kids happy. We want them to be safe and happy, you know, and loved. And, you know, we want to make, you know, rainbows for them if we could. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the, the caution that I give to my clients and, you know, what I remind myself of is that, You can only control what happens in your house. And more times than not, if you even try to change rules in somebody else's house, I mean, they're going to do exactly what you don't want them to do anymore, right? So I really always encourage my clients to empower their children. And I always empower my children to engage in communication with their dad and they may not like the rules and they also get to express that, but in a way that is still respectful, right? So, you know, if my kids come to me and they try to say, oh, well, you know, dad lets me do this at his house, you know, a lot of times I'll say, well, that's great. Those are dad's rules, but those aren't the rules in my house. Or they'll say, well, dad won't let me do this, but you let me. And I say, well, dad has different rules. You should go talk to dad if you want the rules to change. There's nothing I can do. Um, You know, and I think that 
we need to be very clear in that when you do get divorced, um, you know, there are certain aspects of, you know, your judgment where, you know, holidays or, you know, vacation schedules and things like that, where you, you can establish boundaries and rules. But when it comes to the day-to-day living, it's really up to each parent. And I know that that was the hardest part for me because, I mean, I was in charge of, <laughs> of most everything. And then all of a sudden having to let go of, you know, not only 50% time, but also, you know, 50% of their life, I don't necessarily have a say in everything. It takes some adjusting, but also trusting that you have educated your children in how it is that they get to express themselves, but in a way that is still respectful and standing from a place of power. So that makes so much sense, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, children, you know, uh, they definitely, as I say, like they do play, you know, off of uh, both their parents. And what yeah. I've sort of found with clients and, you know, even again, my own situation, which I always go back to, to relate to is that, um, you know, where feasible, it's always good if parents can back each other too, because um, what yes. I've seen happen sometimes is, you know, where there's one parent who, you know, perhaps is abusive or perhaps is a narcissist. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if the child complains about the other parents, they're all over that because they want to use it to show how that yeah. parent is such a horrible parent and, right. you know, isn't respected. And, um, you, you know, that sort of thing. Or I've had, you know, seen situations where, um, you know, even in my own m- relationship with my ex, where my, one of my children is being disciplined at his home for doing something wrong. Um, and, well, you know, my form of discipline might be different. Um, he's not being abusive to them. And, you know, they'll, but they'll be on the phone calling me crying. You know, right. they want me to come and pick, pick them up. And, you know, the spouse who then jumps in their car and runs over and creates a big drama and scene is really not doing a service to anyone. Um, of course, unless the child is actually, you know, being abused or neglected or something like that. Right. And, um, you know, I don't know if you have any comments for people in those types of situations um, and the importance of, you know, just being trying to, you know, ba- you are, even as co-parents, if you can be, you should be a team and be united on as many situations as you can. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there, there are situations where, you know, for example, my ex and I had to discipline my youngest son for something that was going on. And we collectively had a conversation about it because it was a collective discipline. And uh, we came together. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he's always leaned on me for consequences um, because it's just, you know, I think we, we all know what our strengths are, right. And our parenting skills. And so he, you know, my ex really relied on me with coming up with a consequence for our son. And and we actually came together and we did a FaceTime with him and, um, you know, explained to him what the consequence was. And it was the same consequence at both homes. And it was a long one. I mean, it was a long consequence that my son has not been happy about. And he keeps pushing the two of us. And he, he tried to play each of us against each other about the 
the the punishment that he got, the consequence. And, you know, my ex and I would still be, you know, I'll text him occasionally and be like, you know, oh, he said that you're now allowing this. And he's like, what is he talking about? I did not say that. Right. And so there are times where, you know, I do double check with him. Right. Or when we're starting to, you know, take the consequence away. It's like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. Are you on the same page? You know, et cetera. Um, you know, and a big rule in my house right now is around video games, right? I think in COVID we're all, we're all <laughs> dealing with that, right? Yeah, iPad, for sure. Video games. And, uh, you know, he and I have, have aligned our rules around that because, you know, again, we both see the importance of less screen time. And at the same time, we also know that right now that's their only way to socialize. So, you know, I think that there is a lot of value in parents communicating with one another around uh, boundaries that both need to create for the kids. But at the end of the day, it's like the day-to-day ones are really, you know, they're none of your business unless it's happening in your house. Right. And I think that, and that was something I wanted to follow up on that you had mentioned uh, a little earlier is I find uh, with clients I have, particularly those who are moms who, you know, perhaps were stay at home moms or, or just, you know, the primary caregiver Mm -hmm. that giving up or letting things go is, is a huge challenge for a lot of them. And, you know, I have to remind, you know, they'll say, well, you know, dad's house They're you know, they don't brush their teeth properly, or they're late for school more often, or this mm-hmm. or that. And, you know, I always have to remind them that it's still more important that they're getting time with their father, yes. um, versus maybe they're late a little more often, or maybe their teeth, at least they're being brushed, but maybe not quite as well, or their hair is not being combed as well. And, you know, you, you do have to look at what the big picture is and what's more important, having that time and good relationship with mm-hmm. the other parent or, you know, some of the day-to-day things not being done at the same level that, you know, mom does them. Yeah. And, you know, what it brings up for me is I was actually on a call recently with um, with a client and, you know, the topic of, of healthy foods came into play and, you know, she was being told that, you know, the boys, their boys needed to have healthy food. And she's like, and yet this past weekend, the boys told me how they ate nothing but pizza and chips all weekend. And, you know, and, and I said to her and she was getting really frustrated. And I said, listen, I said, you know, he, he thinks that he's, you know, by communicating this to you, right. It, it, it's his way of trying to feel like he's in control of what happens to the boys when they're there. But I said, at the end of the day, you know, he can't tell you what to do. He can't tell you, you know, how to feed the kids, you feed them healthier anyway. And I said, at the end of the day, they came back to you health, like happy and alive. Like you got to pick your battles sometimes. And, you know, and yeah, listen, my kids get dessert way more often at their dad's than they get at my house. And there's not a whole lot I can do about it. Right. And I, then at the same time, like I also empower my children around healthy eating habits and portion control, right? Because that's the only way that I can influence what happens over there. Again, it's about empowering your kids, but picking your battles wisely. If they're safe and they're happy, that's all that matters. For sure. Yeah. And those Um, relationships are really important. They are. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's more like, uh, it's important that children have, you know, quality relationships with both their parents. And a big part of that is 
spending time with them. And, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, when a lot of couples are married, you know, it does often end up at least traditionally following on one spouse more than the other. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I going back to my own marriage, I know when we were together, I tended to do most of the childcare, but when we split up, you know, dad had to step up and do these things. And it, it actually is a great bonding experience between, you know, father and children that, you know, dad has to step up and do those types of things that perhaps he didn't do, um, you know, when the couple was together. And I want to stress, I'm not just focusing on, you know, dads being not necessarily a primary caregiver, because I know there are lots of fathers out there who are, but I'm just, you know, using that as an example, um, that, you know, it it is a good way to to bond, just having to, you know, life is the day to day, the little moments, it's not all about the big moments. Yeah. And, you know, I was leading a group last night and I made a comment to everybody that wound up kind of being an aha for a lot of people. And, you know, and that's around, you've got to let go of them having to do it your way. Right. And that goes on both sides because your way isn't always, it's not necessarily the best. It's just the way that you've always been doing it. And so what I, what I say is that you have to let go of needing to control the result to the outcome and just let the mechanism by which it happens be because there's thousands of different ways something can be done. Just because it's not being done your way doesn't mean that it's wrong. And just staying open and open-minded to other possibilities because at least they're making an effort, at least they're trying, right? And having, you know, even I was the same thing. I mean, I worked full time. I was the primary caregiver and I did everything. And even though I now only have them 50% of the time, their dad is now having to step up in ways he never had to before. And yeah, it was not great in the beginning because he was learning and he was trying to figure stuff out. And I, I let him fall. He had to fall. Um, And there were things that I had to learn where I fell too. It goes both ways. And it's okay. You know, there's so many different ways to go about doing things. And just because they're not doing it your way anymore, doesn't make that person wrong. No, exactly. Um, One of the other areas where I think people sometimes find they struggle with their boundaries, particularly again, in the divorce context is with Mm -hmm. their family members. So when they're Mm -hmm. going through a divorce, you know, often they they reach out to their family members for support, but then sometimes by involving them in some of what's going on you know the family members can put their two cents into everything and I mean I certainly find I have clients who seem to have a a family full of armchair lawyers without law degrees (laughs) you know putting their two and it drives me crazy as the lawyer but um you know but you know I think sometimes for clients too it can drive them crazy just having somebody telling them what to do all the time or, or just approving of what they're doing and all of that so but yet they want, they don't want to offend these people because they want to, you know, they want their support and they do want to involve them. Do you have any advice for, for people struggling with that type of situation? I do. And there's actually a quote that I, that I usually, it's kind of my mic drop quote and it's not mine. Um, I totally used it from <laughs> Rachel Hollis cause I love it and it's powerful. And that is other people's opinions are none of your business. And The line that I always say to my clients that they can come back to family members or friends 
that are weighing in on their life and really don't understand is, um, you know, thank you for caring enough about me to share. Or you could say something along the lines of, I hear you and I will consider that. And that's it. Yeah. You know, it's really, it's like, it's less is more and their opinions truly are none of your business and vice versa. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You can listen. You don't have to, you know, and you just, I think it's really, (laughs) yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's really a matter of, they're just looking for some sort of acknowledgement, right? That they're helping you, right? So it's like, I hear you and I will take that into consideration, right? Or, you know, there's times too where, you know, I've been on the phone with people and I am just like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. And I'll be like, oh, you know what? Oh, wait, um, I just got a text from my son. I need to give him a call real quick. Can, can, we, can we talk about this later? And you just get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it's it and or you can just shift the conversation and talk about something that like, you know, they love to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's different ways to kind of deflect and just to disengage. And that alone is a boundary. Well, exactly. Now, are there common boundaries that everyone should have? So I look at them in uh, two different ways. I mean, there's emotional boundaries, right? And then there's uh, physical boundaries. And you could also consider emotional boundaries to be, you know, intellectual too. But like, obviously a physical boundary is, you know, that's a boundary that protects your personal space, right? (laughs) Or it's like, I like to refer to in dirty dancing, right? Like your dance space, my dance space, right? And so those boundaries are expressed through your body language, right? Or even your verbal instruction. Um, And sometimes, you know, physical boundaries, we can read other people or they can read us. If like, we feel like somebody's getting too close in a conversation, you can back up, right? (laughs) It's like getting a little too close, like you take a step back, or if you feel somebody intruding, um, you know, you, you can remove yourself or express that, you know, you feel like your space is being invaded. Um, on the emotional side or the intellectual side, this is where, um, you know, this is where a lot of us struggle, right? This is where we have weak boundaries. Um, and the boundaries that we get to create and the ones that we get to think about, um, really have to do with, um, I believe, five different areas, right, that people should have boundaries. Number one is time, right? You get to have valuable, or excuse me, you get to have uh, boundaries around your time because it's valuable and important, right, especially as a parent. Um, You get to have boundaries around your emotions, right? That's one of the ones I just talked about. Um, You know, this, again, is to protect you and your emotions, so you get to establish uh, boundaries around that. Uh, we talked about physical space. Um, also your energy. Remember I was talking about how I felt energetically that he was, you know, I was having to burn sage every time he dropped my kids off because I like <laughs> could feel him. Um, but your energy is also, um, really important and something to think about, um, that you get to have boundaries around. And then the most important I believe is your values and your values are essentially what you know, if you're living a life in total resonance, you are living a life in alignment with your values. And if your values are not being adhered to, if they're not being respected, if they're not uh, top of mind for you, then you're living with a lot of dissonance in your life. And so value, I do a lot of values work with my clients to really identify what their top five values are, because that typically 
is what will enable you to start making decisions, especially as it relates to the boundaries you create with the people in your life. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, You've been really helpful. Uh, So if listeners would like to, you know, work with you or if they have questions for you, how can they find you? Sure. So you guys can find me. I'm all over social media. So uh, on Instagram, I am at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. Instagram, it's the Divorce Rehab. Uh, My website, wendysterling.net. And then I always offer uh, anybody who wants to jump on a call, um, you know, you can schedule time with me to have somebody judgment-free listening to you who understands what you've been through. And they can either access that through my website or you can go to schedule with Wendy com and find a time and let's jump on a 15 minute call. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. As I said, I think that this is such an important topic and you've provided so many great strategies and so much helpful information. So I really appreciate you chatting with me today. Thank you so much for having me on and I greatly appreciate you and our new friendship. So thank you. Likewise. And thank you to listeners for tuning in. Please subscribe, like, and, uh, Tune in every week and have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much, Wendy. Thank you for joining me on Divorcing Well. If you have any separation or divorce questions, you can get in touch with me via my website at www.leannetownsend.ca.